Welcome to the Wisdom Talk Radio Show, bringing you insight, illumination, and inspiration in service to the world. Welcome to Wisdom Talk Radio. I'm your host, Oparna, and I'm excited today to cover a topic that is somewhat unique into the consciousness space, um, conscious marketing. And I am uh, really excited to have Michael McDonald here, who is a coach and has coached many executives, um, not just on marketing, but in, in life in general. So, Michael, welcome. Thank you, Aparna. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to get to uh, speak <laughs> and be a part of this. Nice. Well, we're looking forward to uh, this topic. Conscious marketing is a very, um, you know, it's a very interesting way. Um, actually, one way I might reframe it, uh, it's like not how I talk about it to other people, but how I talk about it with myself, is uh, inside-out marketing as opposed to outside-in marketing. Uh, a lot of what we're exposed to out in the business world when we're being taught how to succeed in business, uh, how to have good marketing, tends to be a bit more the outside in marketing. And there's a lot of emphasis within that on looking good and like your image and selling and trying to convince people to buy something before you give them something of value. And there's either this sort of taking quality to it or at, at best sort of an exchange quality. Conscious. I like that. Inside out. <laughs> yeah. And conscious marketing inside out marketing is the other side. Um, it's, simultaneously uh, more personal and more authentic for me. And also at the same time, it's uh, not about me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like so, so how does one do inside out marketing? Like how do we practice that? Well, part of the trick of talking about it is that it sometimes looks the same as outside in. Um, it might look like doing lots of online media, having a website, selling products. It might look like uh, doing podcasts or having a YouTube channel or writing a book or like all these things that all these people tell you you need to do. The difference is why you're doing it. Uh, the difference is where you're coming from. And also the difference is, difference is, is that you're only doing things in your business that you absolutely love to do and that create value for the people that you're connecting with. I love that because in, in yoga and in life, we say, you know, everything should be inside out, right? So your life should be a reflection of who you are and how you feel inside. Yeah. And it ends up having that flavor like everything that i do has this sort of michael mcdonald flavor to it which is not a cultivated thing like i don't even i never sat down and decided what that should be uh it's more that every once in a while i can sort of look back or i hear lots of feedback in order to find out what this michael mcdonald person is like he sounds kind of cool i kind of want to work with him (laughs) so is this a series of uh you know how does one 
I guess, get into, get comfortable with the inside enough to then play in the outside? Uh, one things like one thing that comes to mind is try stopping doing all the stuff that you don't actually like doing in business uh, and try discovering what are the things that you actually enjoy doing. So if you think that you have to have a blog, but you hate writing, do not have a blog, find another way, mm. find the things that you enjoy. So that's one, like find the things that are fun for you. And that's going to be your medium, at least the, your starting medium. It is also the, the area where you can learn to love doing whatever you're doing. Uh, it's good to have a coach for when you're doing that particular kind of work. But start with the stuff that's so fun and easy and natural that it might be hard for you to believe that you're getting paid to do that. Uh, that's when you're on the right track in terms of doing the right kind of work for you. I love that because, uh, you know, we even say, like, if you're trying to lose weight, for example, um, you know, sign up for a physical activity that you love doing rather than, you know, putting in, clocking in time at the gym. Yeah. Yeah. If you're miserable while doing it, it's like it, you're not going to keep doing it. Exactly. Uh, or so. sometimes even worse, you might succeed and think that you need to keep on doing the, the stuff that you hate over and over again in order to stay successful. And you're now successful instead of happy. Exactly. And then that, that success is just so short-lived anyway. Mm -hmm. People see that, you know, and that's what I love about uh, consciousness and applied in business is that people, when you are consciously, you're tuned into your higher self, your conscious self, people can really see that. And it kind of is magnetizing, you know, people are drawn to that kind of, uh, that kind of energy. So you get your clients naturally in sales, you know, and you draw that energy kind of is mirrored back to you. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's like coming out with like being who you really want to be, like having that presence in the world that's what ends up drawing people to you or when people encounter you, it's just like, Oh my God, there's something different about this person. You'll both more strongly attract the people who are a good fit for you. And you'll more strongly repel the people who would just be distractions. I like that. I love that actually. Cause think about how many distractions we have throughout our day. And then we get stressed out at the end of the day saying, Oh my God, I have too much to do. Yeah, because that's sometimes like that's a higher quality problem that comes on later is like, what if you succeed in drawing such a huge audience that you have all these people who are wanting stuff from you, but uh, what if they're just sort of a, a mass audience and you're not actually interested in most of them? There's just a few of them that you want to work with. You've sort of created a problem for yourself in your, in your work. Mm -hmm. And, and also, I mean, um, so let's say that I am a entrepreneur or a, you know, starting like a coaching business or any, any kind of services consulting business, what would be your uh, recommendation on once you get kind of clear around the inside piece of why the deeper why, as I like to say, of why you're doing something, what, what is the 
the add-on to, you know, then how do we begin this whole marketing process? Focusing on service. Mm. And that's one of the explorations I've had over the past uh, two years is learning at deeper and deeper levels what it means to be of service. Uh, And one way to define it is just making a difference in someone's life. Uh, How much do they transform and how much can I let go of it being about me or even about the money or the business? Uh, but how much good can be done in the world? Uh, that's, a, that's a seed. Certainly there's a lot more to a business. Like you can have just that and still not have a business. Mm-hmm. But that's the inner peace uh, that provides inner peace. And it's the driving force of conscious business is that desire to help. If you lose that, then the train starts to go off the rails. I love that actually. So it's, um, and you know, and so one thing that I've noticed is when people are, especially in conscious oriented businesses, like, um, teaching yoga or, you know, even coaching and a lot of these other areas where we are directly working with individuals, uh, what ends up happening is that sometimes because these things are not naturally things that people pay for, there is a whole association with, well, uh, you know, nobody's going to want to pay for this or I should provide it really cheaply or do half pricing because people aren't going to be as open to um, to paying for this kind of thing. So I know I personally come from a very strong spiritual background. So for me to charge things that are associated with my spiritual uh, practices and teaching is, is kind of a challenge. So to that, um, you know, when we look at this service focus, what do you suggest? Uh, To do work around uh, money and wealth and to see how that kind of, like those kinds of beliefs around money not being spiritual, Mm -hmm. uh, to really test those beliefs to see if that's actually being of service or not. Or it's more a matter of how much service does that create? Uh, Are there other ways to think about wealth that actually create more service? Mm -hmm. And there's a couple different money mindsets. There's, first of all, a lot of money mindsets I like to sort of challenge, inquire into, and eventually they dissolve. There's a couple that I love encouraging within the people that I work with. Um, one is just that it's purely logistical. It's like you, it's like going out for firewood. It's like, oh, I need more money. I'm just, I'll go out and make more money. It's practical. It's not something you need to have a lot of emotional stuff around. It's not spiritual or unspiritual. It's just this thing, and it's an abstraction. It's not even real. Uh, but even a more powerful one than that, since we're talking about service and we're talking about business is uh, wealth, which includes but not, is not limited to money, wealth as a product of service. That the wealth you create is actually a measure of how much of a difference you're making in the world. 
I call that, uh, I usually like to call that abundance. So creating abundance in the world in the, in, in the means of service. So for me personally, I use an affirmation around, well, the more abundance I create, the more I'm able to serve and work with others and create community. Yeah. Yeah. And that there's like such um, a flow of where you create service and where wealth is created for you, where it's really just like, it's a circle like spirals through you. It's like the more service you create, the more resources the universe gives to you in order to keep on creating. And one way I think of wealth is uh, as a multiplier. Um, so if you're doing good, creating money is going to allow you to do more good in the world. Um, if you're sort of a destructive person and you're given a lot of money, you're actually going to do a lot of damage to the world. So that's why I often encourage like doing the inner work first and like and keep on doing the inner work more and more in order to match the increasing level of success. Because the more you're making, the more impact you're having, the more you need to clean yourself up and make sure that it's a good impact. Yeah, I love that, actually. So this is where the inside out really plays in into the whole scheme of things. It's kind of like, you know, when you see people who are constantly just shooting for money and when they're selling things, I mean, you can really... um, you know, you can really smell that uh, when people, you see the salespeople who are just kind of trying to generate revenue as opposed to the salespeople who are coming in and really listening to your needs and providing a solution. Yeah, yeah. And it's, um, it's sad that there's so much unconscious marketing out there that it's the it's sort of the norm to see that at least the sheen of that on top of real value uh it's like these entrepreneurs sort of force themselves into this separate mode to try to sell their stuff and then they could be of service but they have this Jekyll and Hyde thing going on and it feels kind of bad to them and to their the clients who might pay anyways it might get great value but there's this in between area where they're not, they're actually like uh, draining value from what they're offering by the way that they're performing business. Yeah. And so what are some of the, let's say, you know, what are the top three tips that we can potentially use right away? Cause one of one of the biggest things that I caution people about when we look at conscious business or these, these kind of really big concepts is that it's really important to execute on them um, one or two, three tangible steps that you can do right away. Mm-hmm. So let's see which what tips come to mind first. Uh, first one is uh, sell the experience, not the concept. So this also counteracts the common uh, unconscious marketing thing of like don't solve their problem unless they pay you. This is actually like solve their first problem before they pay you. (laughs) And when they come back for more, that's when you're in business. Uh, And if you're out there giving away your services and no one is coming back yet, I'd actually check yourself to see if you're making enough of a difference. Uh, There's also other things about maybe they don't know that you're a professional 
there's all sorts of tweaking. But uh, the more personal your service is, the more that they need to experience that service, know if that service and know if you are right for that person before they're going to even know what they're buying. Like money shouldn't even come into the equation until they've had an experience of it. Well, then we get into the chicken and the egg, right? Also in a way, because it's like, well, okay, how do I attract my first customer? Yeah. Um, usually there's two approaches that come to mind there. One is uh, often from whatever training, whatever practice, and whatever you do, you'll already have been giving away a lot of your services as you're learning because there's stages. And, and when I work with people, especially with coaches, it's like uh, the first thing to do is figure out what stage they're in. There's this early stage of training where they're not a business person yet. It's not a business. They're not an entrepreneur. They're just trying to get good by helping as many people as possible. And usually a couple of those people will become the initial clients. I remember one of my very first clients was a friend who was practically begging to be my first client. Like he wanted to pay me to be my first client because he wanted to work with me and he loved that I was going pro. And another approach is if you need money and you're at this early stage where not many people know you yet, then that puts you in this difficult situation of you're probably going to fall into the trap of being needy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And really often my advice for the people in that stage, if they're falling into that neediness uh, is find another way to make money for a while. It's like, seriously, make this a part-time thing. Like do whatever you need to do to be stable enough to not be needy. And sometimes that's just like doing enough of the internal work or get coaching so that you're not needy and you're able to serve and quickly grow your practice or get a job, do whatever you need to do to be stable so that you don't need, you don't feel like you need this client. Yeah, I like that actually. And I think sometimes when you're an entrepreneur, it's, it feels like you're taking a step back. But uh, I know from personal experience that I think that kind of approach uh, is really helpful. Uh, it's that then you need to switch the time. Um, are there two, because uh, this is such a broad topic that we can speak on this for a long time, but what are uh, some of the other, uh, you know, two and three uh, steps that uh, one is sell with experience, sell the experience? Uh, okay, so number two is fill your calendar. Uh, this is important across all the different, and it looks different what you're filling, filling your calendar with depending on what stage you're in. But usually someone who's failing in their business, uh, I can just look at their calendar and immediately see why. Uh, Either they're putting in a lot of time into things that aren't actually creating more business because they're not actually serving anyone. These are the people who are spending weeks on their website, but they haven't helped anyone during that time than actually getting out there and in the work of creating clients and customers. Uh, Then there's the people who they're just sort of like waiting 
for people to arrive. They're trying to uh, attract people and they're not actually doing anything. Uh, when you fill your calendar with going out and helping people, impacting people, being of service, making a difference, some of them will start coming back. Uh, like the social conversations turn into professional sessions and those turn into conversations about uh, like getting payment and those turn into bigger programs. It progresses until you're into a, a bigger and bigger scale business. But you need to fill your calendar with helping people and eliminate all of the work that's focused on making you look good, but it's getting in the way of you helping someone. That's wonderful. I love that. What's the third thing? The third thing is, and this is especially true for more personal services like coaching, um, that everything happens within conversations. Uh, sales happens in conversations. The transformation happens in conversations. Um, like that's sort of the work that you want to fill the calendar with is conversations. Uh, whether that's meeting people, whether that's just connecting with friends and that, that listening within those conversations for opportunities, uh, for knowing who you can help. And creating relationships within those conversations, ongoing relationships, instead of viewing people as leads or viewing these conversations as sales calls or pitches, yeah. uh, you're finding out, you're connecting human to human, knowing that you have a valuable service, uh, knowing what it costs and what the structures are, what the systems are. And part of it is like finding out like from both your perspective and be able to get into their world a lot to see if what you offer would be of value and to see if you can somehow help them, even if it's not with your stuff. So like often I find myself referring other people and all sorts of other resources to someone instead of trying to sell them my stuff because my focus is on helping Mm -hmm. I like that. Yeah. So people feel like they have a more ongoing relationship with you. So they're more likely to come back when they, um, you know, when, when the time is appropriate. Yeah. I love that. Uh, and I do have a fourth tip that came, comes to oh, mind. Sure. Go for it's, it. It's the one that always sounds a bit self-serving, especially when a coach is saying it, but it really is true uh, to get a coach uh, or something like a coach, even like a, a good book can be a coach for you uh, or find a teacher who really resonates for you, especially uh, within the business realm um, so that you're getting support, uh, have an accountability partner, find a couple people to create a mastermind with, join a program, surround yourself with support and look for role models where it's just like, I want to be doing business like that. Uh, like, like that their way of doing it, I resonate with. And so you get to like learn and be supported because doing it alone can work, but it's going to take 10 times as long. Absolutely. And actually in this world nowadays, no matter what the business. So I, uh, when I was first focusing on a, more spiritual oriented offering 
uh, I thought, oh my God, am I the only one out there who's offering this? And, and, you know, nowadays the answer is definitely no. Yeah. There's a community. Yeah. Though there's a special challenge here in the Bay area. There's so many people offering a lot of these types of services that, uh, they're sort of commoditized and devalued and it's, it's offered everywhere, but, but still so few people are taking advantage of these services. So it's a weird mix here. Yeah, it's very interesting. I completely agree with you. And because even things like speaking and, uh, especially coaching is really commoditized in the Bay area. I mean, there are every, and even like, like things like I teach yoga, so yoga and so forth. Everybody teaches yoga. Everybody teaches meditation. Everybody has some form of coaching certifications. So, um, you know, but I think, you know, it's to your earlier point, uh, really being of service, like really at your core being of service so that people are drawn to that energy um, and you come from the inside out and from the right place, uh, you attract that, that level of interest and commitment. Yeah. And when you follow that thread of being of service, uh, and as you start to help people, you start to learn like what, uh, works particularly well for both you and them. That's where you end up starting to create some of those, things that uh, that were taught about in outside in marketing that's where you might realize like oh actually i want to write a book for these people or like oh actually an information product would be a, a perfect thing to add on top of my business right now in order to serve these people wanting this uh so it's coming from a different place and that's where those things can still be very profitable and very powerful yeah i love that well thank you so much michael Thanks for joining us here at Wisdom Talk Radio. We wish you well in your conscious explorations. For more information and to join in the conversation, our website is wisdomtalkradio.com or at Wisdom Talk Radio on Facebook.